Welcome back to this week's episode of Earbuds. This is a new music podcast about new music. My name is Rob. And I'm Duncan. And we're going to get right to the news. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Um, first bit of very important news is that the Killers drummer, uh, I cannot say his name, his second name, Vanucci? Vanucci? I can't. Anyway, his mate, his pal, uh, Prince Harry apparently is a great kisser Good. and they found this out because they've been they've been jamming together yeah this was news a while ago um and in a recent interview he said before he met them like he he didn't really know anything about the royals and so he was just a dude that he met <laughs> and he right. was just a dude in a band and he was also another dude and they just met okay <laughs> and he also commented on uh, there's a rather infamous <clears throat> naked Vegas pool party that Prince Harry was a part of. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and the drummer from the Killers said, that was not my fault. I wasn't there for that one. <laughs> Fantastic. Good. Okay, on to the next bit of beautiful news. Uh, okay. So Robbie Williams has got a biography coming out this week. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a biography. Yeah. It's not an autobiography. He didn't write it himself. Right. He's talking, and he talks a bit about um, when he met his his current wife, yes, and he revealed that he prepared for his first date. He got ready for his first date with his now wife mm. um, by sleeping with his drug dealer and then taking all the pills that she had sold him. Uh, <laughs> and <Good>. then <laughs> she had been at a party, so arrived in, in a Porsche, you know, classy sort of thing. Uh, so he says this is verbatim because the Sun have got a bit of this this week. Oh, good. In she came, and she had a few red wines. I don't think the situation suited her being at a stranger's house, coming in from a party. So I got tucked into a lot of drugs. Anyway, I took the turn for the worst, and I started to cluck like a chicken. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There was a moment in the jacuzzi where Iad had gone and changed, and she came in wearing this uh, bikini. She had a killer body. So I was in the jacuzzi and very this very, very hot girl, but I was still very ill and I started to cluck and then had to leave, embarrassingly. Uh, the couple married in 2010 and have two children. Well, there you go. <laughs> if it's meant to be. <laughs> it's meant to it's be. It's meant to be. And the last bit of um, music news this week is that Kendrick Lamar was in Billboard magazine with uh, TDE founder Top Dog this week and Kendrick revealed that his first ever concert he went to was his own <laughs> what? when he was touring with rapper The Game uh, 2006 he said that that was his first show he ever went to because he didn't have money for it right. um, and I'll, uh, I quote that ish costs money gas money me being on stage is full it fulfilling two different things performing and getting to enjoy it like everyone else does so i think we should move on yes to the review yeah uh one big bit of music news that we didn't cover just then was the fact that sampha 
won the Mercury Prize this weekend. He did. Sorry, this week. Uh, for his album Process. Yes. And so we're going to have a look at it. And as we always ask at this time, Rob, what is your relationship with Sanfa so far? Um, my relationship with Sanfa goes back to a week ago when you told me who he was. This is becoming a recurring <laughs> thing. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's it. Um, I saw Sanfa earlier this year, actually. He came around. Uh, yeah, he came around to my house. Um, no, the Roundhouse in London oh, in support of this album, actually. And I've been listening to his work. Even though this is his debut album, he's been there or thereabouts for about six years now, I'd say. Mm. Um, I first heard him on some Subtract songs. He's done stuff with Jesse Ware. More recently, he hit it quite a bit bigger when Drake sampled one of his songs. And then he has done some work with Kanye recently. And this is, yeah, this is his debut full-length album. His last EP was in 2013, so it's been a bit of time. It was about four years. Let's run down like we do. Like we do, like we do. Mm -hmm. So first off, plastic, 100 degrees Celsius. Yes. Rob, give me some thoughts. Lovely, dreamlike, instrumental. He's got a very angelic voice. Mm. He builds so well. Yes. His tracks just build... His progression is in every track on this album amazing. Um, what have I written there? I love the end. Apparently, I can't remember what the end is, but I love it. Um, you, great, this great. Track. You, you you know who that is? Just uh, floating around in the ether with him. Nope, it's Neil Armstrong. Okay, it's a sample. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't record this as much as this album. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I. L- Yes, I loved it. I remember the first time I heard this. Because, yeah, dear listener, this is not the first time I've listened to this album. I've been listening to this album all year. Okay. Um, And I I do remember the first time I heard this. And I think it's a perfect album opener. Mm -hmm. Um, It really sets the mood. I I thought, especially in the way you said, I thought it was very ethereal. Mm -hmm. And you are almost floating up there with him and one thing when listening back to it uh, for today's episode that I tried to look at more was sort of the meaning behind the lyrics and everything yes. and someone on Genius likened it to the myth of Icarus right. flying too close to the sun and like I never thought about that and I was like okay that kind of, that makes all the sense in the world and he talks about himself about being like sort of detached from people as well and also that this is, there's quite a lot riding on this album for him. And it probably came at a pretty bad time in his life. I don't know if you know, Rob, but during this, his his, his mother was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. It became terminal. Yeah. And she died. Yeah. Two years ago. Yeah. Um, his, his father already passed away and his relationship with his brother had broken down quite significantly. And this was pretty much all at the same time that his career was taking off. Right. And he was getting all these really amazing things, uh, like these amazing opportunities. And and, and all, this, all this crap was happening in his personal life. So I, I do find it quite an eye-opener um, that, you know, he's... He's starting off this album in space. Anyway, yeah, I, yeah, I love it. I, yes. I love it. I, uh, yeah, yes. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, 
Blood on Me. This is the single. I thought Had so. Had you heard this? This got a lot of Radio 1 play yeah, I'm when sh- it came out. It was year. familiar to me, so I'm sure I've heard it here and there. Yeah, I could tell think? it was a single. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like the beat. Um, nice use of breath. Yes. Um, it's got a sexy voice. I, th- I like the chorus. It's a big chorus. I like that. It's, it's big. Yeah. Uh, the bass at the end, I've written. Yeah. It's a good single. It's, it's going to do good it's, it does its job it's a nice single i at fir- when i first heard it i wasn't a massive fan because it was it was kind of a change of pace from some of the stuff that he had done before this album but it's grown on me so well um and like i've i've heard him in interviews talk about this single about how he would literally like run in the booth like do running on the spot Right to get in, like, be literally be out of breath, yeah. trying to like run through this song, and I thought that was so cool because you can hear it, yeah. like, especially in the second verse, he is like he's breathing, yeah, like, he breathes, and you are right, it's big, mm. um, and I do like he has a he has he has a nice range without it seeing forced, yes, and I wrote breathless driving tone. Yes. And the whole the whole piece keeps on moving, and it's going on, and it's a and he's it, he's scared. Yeah, <laughs> I like got, it. He's got a very versatile voice. Yes, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, third up, Cora sings. Rob, do you know what a Cora is? Uh, no, Duncan, I don't. The Cora, thanks to Wikipedia, is a twenty-one string lute bridge harp used extensively uh, in West Africa. Right. It's used throughout this it's also yeah. used in the opening track as well that's yeah. all the plucky the plucking sort of yes well that makes sense under the over this is yeah that explains a lot uh I, amazing instrumental um i really like the like the flute sort of hook yeah thing um in it and then it like built that chord drop mm. it's like yes yeah my balls are tickling <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you get the the story of this, like the concept of this? Um, not really, to be honest, because I haven't listened to it mm. as many times as I would have liked to. So this is like the story of like a mother's perspective on her son growing up and yeah, becoming more distant, which again kind of ties back into the opening track of becoming a bit more detached. Also, the whole thing of like the chorus singing is also a metaphor for. Like his his mother singing. There's quite a lot of it. It took me until sort of now-ish, you know, like like six months into listening to his album, to be like, wow, there's quite a lot of his mum on this album. Mm. Um, especially after he won the Mercury, there was a BBC interview talking to him about it, and I was like, oh wow. And going back and listening to it, it's like oh, even more so. Okay, and and then we move on to probably the most emotive track on the album uh, No One Knows Me like the piano had you heard this one as well did no. put this out as a single I later on don't think I've heard this okay. before since listening to the album it's, it's a great song though yeah um, yeah it's very emotional and it's lovely and simple his voice is great on it uh, it's nice nice little break in the centre of the album yes. as well yeah it's just a very beautiful song the, I, I, I totally agree with you what you say about the simplicity I love the simplicity. The biggest amount of like production on this is the layered vocals in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Uh, otherwise, it's just him and 
and his piano. Number five, take me inside. Go on. Take me inside. Okay. Um, yeah, his voice is amazing. I, I keep saying it, but it just is. Yeah. Um, I think I could listen to him and his piano just all day long. Mm. Um, great transitions. I like the um, the eight bit style bass line. Yeah. I think that was quite cool. I hit, yeah. Yeah, that's my thoughts on that one. <laughs> it's, it's interesting you keep on saying about his voice because, I, like, like I can tell you that his his voice doesn't like he doesn't skip a beat when he does it live as well. Mm. Like he's got a fantastic vo- voice, just like throughout. You know, um, reverse faults. Did you know, Rob, that reverse faults is actually a technical term for a geological fault between tectonic plates? I didn't know. I did not. <laughs> That's what I learned today. Yes. That's actually what this is kind of based off. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lovely. Good. You got the other thoughts? <laughs> um, on the tectonic plates, no. No, I didn't. I don't. Right. No. Um, but I do think um, this beat was amazing. Uh, it was like quite futuristic. Um, I think if I remember it right, this one kind of reminded me of Tron. Yeah. It, I, I like how like sort of scatty, yeah. Some of the instruments uh, instruments are, and how it kind of bounces along. It it almost sounds like, especially in the verses, that like the synths are almost like playing backwards. Mm. And I really like that. And I feel like I li- every time I listen to this, there's always something else. It's also my favorite chorus. Yes, because there's all there's like a there's like a beat or two of silence before it goes into it and he sort of just he he rides through it even though he he's he's got a fantastic voice and sometimes it's fairly like sort of nonchalant and he mm. knows what he's doing but i felt like he sort of rode this one out a bit more yeah um yeah and i love all the like the hi-hats and the more sort of trap influenced sounds apparently one of his friends had said to him you obviously don't know how car brakes work do you because the the, the the first line of the chorus is, took the brake pads off the car, and I flew. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you obviously don't know how cars work. Uh, under. Under, 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 under. I said it had a filthy beat. Done it. It, Done it. does, indeed. Yeah. Um, um, the instrumental, like, went with his lyrics, so the wave bit. Yeah. It's like, that's clever. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I like yeah. that. Um, yes, yes, yes. His progression is just amazing on everything. It's really creative. So much is happening mm. at the same time. And then, like, at the end of the song, uh, the vocals at the end is a completely new motif, and then the beat changes. Like, yes. I love how he just, his songs transition into different parts. It's interesting. Parts. It's intriguing. Yes. Like, it makes me want to listen to it more and more. This is my favourite, like, non-single track. And it's the same what you said. I wrote, I like how throughout there are different tones, like in the music and his voice. And I love the sort of bigger, the bigger expansive notes it goes for at, towards the end of the track. And also there's a sample in it as well. Mm. The slipping away bit at the end, which I kind of didn't expect. And it's the first, there's only two samples on this whole album. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice. And it kind of, it flies away like he his voice goes massive and then the sample sort of goes through it and it yeah it just all works it all layers on it all it's very fluid yeah like this whole album uh timmy's prayer which was an early 
like a very very early single okay he he put out a note on his instagram towards the end of last year after he'd been kind of very silent for a long time saying that you know he'd had a few problems and but was looking forward to getting back to sharing music with people Mm. and then he put out this song did you know rob Kanye West has a writing credit on this song. Does he? Yes, he does. I did not know I that. know. I didn't know that until today. <laughs> it had a really slow but like a driving beat, which yeah. I like. Especially like now we're getting towards the end of the album. You can tell that he has a very definitive style, but every track on this album is different. Yes. It, it, they stand out individually. Mm. Um, and I thought this had quite an, an R&B influence, particularly on his, on his vo- voice. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think it was, um, yeah, I think it was on this track where, um, I think it was like a four, four and a half minute track, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I think it was about three minutes in, I was getting a bit like, okay, this can, get a bit bored now. And that changed. Yeah. Right, when I wanted it to, and then the beat changed, and it was like, that, that was exactly what I wanted you to do, and you did it. Good, good song. Happy Rob. Yes, happy Rob. <laughs> This is more an ode to his mother, I think, as well. You know, well, he's literally, you know, praying that, like, that things are okay and uh, mm. that he can get through all of this. And and it's weird because there's so many, like, really somber tones throughout the album. Yeah, I don't come out of the album feeling sad. Yeah. I don't come out of the album being like... <laughs> I come out of the album thinking, oh, I want to listen to that again. Yeah. It's probably why he won the Mercury. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Number nine, Incomplete Kisses. Was this, was this not a single? No, it wasn't. Yeah, no, f- it wasn't. It felt a bit like one to me. Um, but anyway, uh, really enjoyed the bass on it, um, on the chorus. Um, again, commenting on his voice. Um, I love that the track changed again. Yeah. It's very rare that I like a song that fades out, but you faded out well. <laughs> 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 just where I wanted it yeah it's interesting because I feel like there's a whole ton of different flavors of you, you say how like every track is different on this yeah well in in many respects this is very much like a ballad mm-hmm. is vastly different to the other ballads that are on this yeah and yeah I think that there's also a bit more sort of R&B on this mm-hmm and I don't want to say it, but I feel like you could give this track out of more of the whole album. I think you could give this track to anyone. Right. I think a lot of the other tracks are very personal. Yeah. But I think this one, not like Cookie Cutter, because he still does an amazing job at it. But I could see someone else do this. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think they do it justice maybe that's why i thought it was a single yeah maybe maybe. yeah and the final track what shouldn't i be i I saw someone talking about this and saying that you know possibility was you know that this this especially after his mother died you know beforehand he might have asked you know what should i be today and what shouldn't i be Mm. who should i be and now he's got to make all these decisions you know for himself yeah um, rather than have something to back up, uh, re- reportedly, I don't know if it's true, but when 
Drake asked to uh, use his song in a sample and asked him to like re-record some bits and sing on it and then do some dates with him. His mother had said, "Oh, you know, he well, he just he wants your soul. You know, he he wants to take what you do because he obviously puts so much of himself into all of this." Hmm. Another view that I saw about this saying, "You know, maybe that's 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 him asking." Well, you've given me those sort of insights before, and now I've got to do it for myself. Yeah, yeah. This is also a, like I I think. Even though you have like uh, no one knows me like the piano is completely stripped back ballad, I think this track stands out to me the most. Yeah. In the track listing, it is it is a nice closer, but then also when it closes, it finishes. I'm not disappointed. I'm just a bit sad that it's over. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's the whole the whole point is that like it is meant it's meant to be more the somber note that it is yeah um, and it does want me to w- listen to it again um, very angelic yeah. uh, dreamlike like the simple like he does it's a weird thing to say but he does simplicity very well yeah it's just his voice and then there was like a held down chord and then this little sort of like riff over the top and it was just really nice it was a beautiful song. Um, a great way to close, I thought. I think I, I think he knows who he is, really. Yeah. Even though there's quite a lot of on this album, him talking about you know who am I after losing all these people? Like what's going to happen now? You know, it's my it's my turn to to use everything I've done so far in music, and you know now I've got to hit it big. Now I've got to deliver. In a debut, but I think I don't think he needs to worry, right? Because <laughs> I think he—it seems like he know he knows himself artistically, especially mm-hmm. so well. Yeah, and that uh, he's very confident at what he does. I yeah, I I I like I have so much respect for him. I just yeah, I love this album. Yeah. What, what did you think coming into it you hadn't listened to this at all like I could go on forever because I, I feel like I'm so in it now already mm-hmm. that listening to it trying to be sort of uh, like critique it mm-hmm. was tougher yes but then I'd listen to it, it, it trying to have a more critical ear and then I'd be like no but this is great mm-hmm. this is why I fell in love with it yeah. This is why I really enjoyed it. This is why it won that bloody award. Yeah. <laughs> my, I guess my stance on it is like because I've only had a chance to listen to the album twice, mm. and I reckon if I listened it to another two or three more times, I'd probably be more towards where you are, where actually under understanding his lyrics and his references. But coming from like a new perspective, like a new listener's perspective, it's clear how creative he is with his style um i thought it was an amazing debut album for him it's really nice to look at an album with 10 tracks that's 40 minutes long <laughs> queens of the stone <laughs> see I, I, actually i was gonna i didn't ask that i was gonna ask that the opening did i ask this the opening track is the longest track right no you could didn't. you tell no no you couldn't tell no, it's that's... the only track over five five minutes you yeah. could not tell because it's exactly what you were saying earlier, that it's 
everything was so well paced everything was so well led everything was so well put together yeah everything flowed yes it took you on a journey yeah and you weren't aware of the passage of time of like this three minutes left of this song <laughs> why you know why? um yeah i think it's very clear yeah what i mean listening this is i mean i'm not like an electronic or dance music fan mm. typically but having said that this is probably the best thing i've heard all year by quite a far way really yeah i think so that's fantastic yeah <laughs> but yeah it's clear i mean I'm, I'm excited to see what he does now yes um I'm glad he won. I don't. Yes, I mean, no, so am I. I don't know. I haven't listened to a, again, like I said last week. I haven't listened to a lot of the nominees, but I don't see how anybody else could have really beat this. That's well, that like that actually feels really affirming for me because because I'm I was such a fan of this and a few of the other albums that I feel like I would have found it harder, like I said, to be more critical. Yeah, of it. So that like that's great. That's great to hear from a an outsider's <laughs> perspective. Um, you know, not just living in my uh, my own glass yeah glass house. You know, um, yeah. And and I really feel for especially for the amount of time I've been listening to his work is that this is like this is such an example of a fantastic build to a debut album. Yeah. Sure, like he had, you know, personal problems along the way, but I've been listening to him for you know, like you know, five six years now mm. on other people's stuff mm. and on his own sort of singles and like two EPs. You know, he still had the time to mature, yeah, and come into this. His his other stuff with other people is fantastic, like, but. When it came, when it came, you know, when it was squeaky bum time, when it came down to it, delivered. Yeah. Delivered. Yeah. And that was a just shining review <laughs> for the Mercury Prize winner this year, 2017, Sampha with Process. Go listen to it. Yes. Go buy it. Go see him live. He's yeah. amazing. What's becoming a weekly thing now? A uh, little game we like to play at this point uh, called Real or Fake Bands. So I've searched into webs this week and found uh, some real bands ludicrously named, and I made up some as well. And okay. Rob's got to work out which one's which. Right. So first up, historical theme. <laughs> Charles the First. Right. Or Oliver Cromwell. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> hmm, is it a punk band? I wonder. <laughs> I'm going to go with Oliver Cromwell. I'm sorry. It's oh. Charles I, all one word. Okay. <laughs> Oliver Cromwell was the name of a song I found right. on Bandcamp, though. Right. Uh, but Charles I, uh, I believe they uh, they do um, sort of indie rock. Okay. Um, next up, Mathematics. Compasses and flowcharts, or maps and diagrams. Why did you name your band that? 
I'm gonna. I can't remember. What, I'm gonna go with the first one. What compasses and flowcharts? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, maps and diagrams. I've lost this week. Uh, <laughs> and uh, a bonus one then. Um, uh, a wrestling themed one. Uh, eat the turnbuckle, <laughs> or sit down powerbomb. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's tough. Mm. Eat the turnbuckle? Yes, it's Eat the Turnbuckle, and they do actually do wrestling-themed songs. Do they? <laughs> yes, and they're quite hardcore. Um, well done, you've got one out of three. I've got some pride Yay. back. Yay. <laughs> so, I've got something new for you, Robert. Okay. So, at the start of the show, you picked out of a list of ten musical acts fairly well-known musical acts you pick three mm-hmm. so the list again was radiohead blur gorillas coldplay muse arctic monkeys kasabian justin timberlake eminem and jake bug and who did you pick i picked um coldplay muse and jt jt justin timberlake okay so i have here those bands second fourth and sixth most popular tracks on Spotify. Right. Okay, all right? So, also take into account that on Spotify, it goes with trends as well. Yeah. So sometimes there's some fairly new stuff, you know, and there's some historic stuff. So, so you've gone for Coldplay, Muse, and Justin Timberlake. Rob is going to deliberate quickly, and through the magic of editing, we're going to come back in three, two, one. And we're back. So, Robert, you've had a bit of time to deliberate. Yeah. So first up, what do you think the second, fourth, and sixth most popular tracks on Spotify are for Coldplay? Second, I went for Fix You. Fourth, I went for Princess of China. And sixth, I went for Clocks. You got one, but not in the right spot. Damn. (laughs) So second was scientist uh, okay fourth was fix you uh, and sixth was yellow was it yeah okay number three was a remix of him for the weekend what why i don't know <laughs> it's a it's got like nearly 300 million plays by one man that man <laughs> is chris martin <laughs> <laughs> so then can you tell me, Robert, what you think your second, fourth, and sixth most popular plays on Spotify for Muse are? All right. Well, number two. Okay, no, I'm going to slightly put this in different order because I think the one I put down is too new. So I'm going to do number two. I'm going to do Uprising. Um, number four, I'm going to do Knights of Sidonia, and number six, I'm going to do Dig Down. You didn't get any of those. No. They were more obvious than you thought. I think. So second was Starlight. Oh. Fourth was Supermassive Black Hole. Okay. And sixth was a newer track, Psycho. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, to, just to fill in, Uprising was first. Oh. Dig Down was third. I should have known that. Cause... And Madness was fifth. Okay. And Knights of Sidonia was seventh. Well, I wasn't that far you away. You weren't that far. I was in the ballpark. You weren't that far out. And I might as well give you the Coldplay whilst we're here. Coldplay, something like this was first. With nearly 600 million plays. By one man. And that man is Chris Chris Martin. Martin. (laughs) Uh, Third was Him for the Weekend, the Seb remix. 
And then fifth was him for the weekend. <laughs> right. Seventh was Paradise. Lovely. Oh, I forgot about Paradise. Viva right. La Vida was all the way down at ten. Really? Yeah. I like that track. Um. Okay. So last one. JT, what did you think Robert was this, Was his second, fourth, and sixth? Well, I think in number two, he was bringing Sexy back. I think number four was Cry Me A River. Well, that could be first. Um, and six was Suit and Tie. Suit and Tie wasn't on this at all. Oh. So places seven to ten were completely taken up with songs from the Troll movie. <laughs> that makes me sad. Okay, so second was one of the ones you said, but not in the right place. Crimea River. Right. Number four, you would have never got. Love Never Felt So Good. That's from the Michael Jackson, yeah, yeah. like... Uh, from Beyond the Grave album. Yeah, yeah, I remember that song. And number yeah. six was Rock Your Body. Oh. Number one was Can't Stop the Feeling, again for the Trolls album. Sexy Back was third. Mirrors was fifth. Oh, Rob. <laughs> I got like one. <laughs> you got like two. <laughs> and none of them in the right place. No. It's tough, isn't it? It's a hard game. It's tough. It's tough. I, th- I think the hardest one that you didn't pick was Kasabian. Number two was You're in Love with a Psycho. Yeah, me neither. Number four was Ill Ray, brackets The King. Number six was Bless This Acid House. All of them from their new album, which right. I know nothing of. No, I haven't listened to it. Uh, um, yes, very good, very good, very good, very good. And I think, Rob, that's all we've got time for this week. Yes. Ear on ear buds. Uh, do you have anything to add before we leave? Yes, so next week we will be listening to Wonderful Wonderful from The Killers, a.k.a. The Mormons. <laughs> yes, next week The Mormons are coming. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> or, as they would say, Hello. Hello. <laughs>